Hey guys, welcome to this episode of BIOS. I'm your host, Michael Klaus. My guest today, the very talented man on the drums, Alex Tannis What's up, from everybody? the band Magic. Thank How you, you doing, man. Brother? Good to see you, brother. Dude, respect. good man. to have you here, man. Alex is a good friend of mine, obviously very talented. You guys were just on tour at the end of last year, touring all around Tokyo, and you guys lately working on your third album. Yeah, we've been in the studio grinding, working on our album, and uh, last year uh, in 2016, we did a lot of touring. I took about like 90 airplanes last year, which was crazy. Do you get used to that? I'm used to it, but I mean, it's it's one of those things that you can't fully get used to. It's mm -hmm. just a constant uh, state of exhaustion, certain level of exhaustion, but I love it. It's fun. And uh, yeah, now we've been in the studio just working, trying to finish up our, our third it, album now. So, it's yeah. exhausting, but that's obviously what you wanted to do. That's what you do. Yes, what, when you're successful, that's what you do. Absolutely. You try to remind yourself that, but we're very fortunate to have a job mm -hmm. where we get to do the thing that we love. A lot of people don't get a, the chance to travel as much as we do. So very fortunate, very lucky to uh, have that experience. And the, the small price to pay is that, that being tired all the time, the jet yeah. lag and stuff. Yeah. I heard a quote from my mom that said, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's it, man. Absolutely. And uh, I, uh, another quote from Keith Richards, I think it was, he said, uh, he said that um, the, the gig is not the job. Like playing the show, that's the fun part. Mm -hmm. Getting to the gig, the traveling, yeah. that's the job. But my actual job, which is to play music, is not a job at all. It's, I, that's true. It's my favorite thing to it's do. It's fun. You get up there on stage, obviously, with your friends in the band, and it's just an enjoyable experience. Oh, man. It's the best, bro. So you're living here in, obviously, L.A. now, but you're from Toronto. Toronto, Grew yeah. up there. Was this always the goal, the dream, to be in a band and be the drummer? Absolutely. Um, well, when I was a little kid, I really wanted to be an athlete. So when I was maybe up until 10 or 11, I played baseball pretty seriously. And I was like, going to do that, which who, I think... Who was your hero? Who did you look up to? Oh, sure, man. Derek Jeter was Dude, a big one. Everyone. <laughs> Jeter. Jeter. <laughs> but I'm from Toronto, so, you know, Joe yeah. Carter and all those guys. But um, yeah, sports was huge as a little kid. But always when I was little, I was listening to a lot of music. My dad was a bass player uh, and my stepdad actually was a singer. So as a kid, I was exposed to so much good music like... Earth, Wind, and Fire, Michael Jackson, and all that kind of stuff. Stevie Wonder. So music was always in my my body and in my brain. And then I would go to practice, and then I would go practice for the team, and then go practice drums at home. So um, maybe t 11 years old is when I started to play drums. And um, yeah, ever since that time, I kind of knew I love this. And uh, I remember playing drums in school uh, when I was probably 12, and. Uh, all the, I learned a couple like Nirvana songs or whatever, and all my all these people started gathering around me and like watching me play drums. You know, as like a little kid, your ego goes gets yeah. all boosted up, and you're like, people are like, people it, think this is cool. It's you a know? performance. It's a performance, exactly. So, I think the competitive spirit of the sports, and then just that excitement around the music and the the liveliness of it, kind of really turned me on to it. When people listen to music or they see members of a band, they think that they have been together forever. Mm. But oftentimes, until you get that successful group, you're moving around and trying to find it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah Your yeah. previous bands, Red Shell, I mean, Shell. what Boondoggle was in there. And Red Shell is the is the classic <laughs> high school band, so everybody knows. If you thought you were going to hit it big with them. Oh, you? definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, Red Shell was a band that I was in in high school, uh, which came from the game Mario Kart, when you mm -hmm. shoot the Red Shells at people. Um, and then I played in a bunch of different groups. The, the other band that I played with for a long time was a guy named Justin Nozuka. Mm -hmm. And so for about six, seven years, we toured all around the world with him. 
and that's actually where I met Mark Pellitzer, the guitar mm -hmm. player for uh, for Magic. And then after Justin Ozuka, we moved to LA and formed Magic. So yeah, I was in so many different projects, and and uh, it does take a while. And people think that Magic has been together for a long time, but we've only been together for about four years. So yeah. which is relatively, you know, a pretty recent mm -hmm. time. But you of, grow close in those four years because you're always oh, together. Oh man, yeah, it's like being in a pressure cooker. Uh, <laughs> relationship it's like being in a marriage with with three guys mm -hmm. you know you're always around each other so moving to Los Angeles from Toronto that had to be a risk oh it was a big risk man I didn't have much money at the time and uh, I had the support of my family obviously and I remember sending them an email group email to my family and just be, I spoke to them individually but sending an email saying I'm gonna move to LA and they were all fully uh, in support of me and um, yeah man that was that was a big risk but uh, we, we went as a team, and Nasri was already in L.A. He was very supportive mm -hmm. as well. He's like, get out here, let's do this. And Nasri's the lead singer of the band. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, man, it was scary, but it's one of those things that was rewarding. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You guys lived in the, in the magic house. The magic house, yep. Yeah. <laughs> was there a struggle even at that point of, you know, the, trying to, to save money at all or trying to, you know, you're not living it in a house you're living in an apartment or a house yeah, that you're renting and yeah. was there a struggle was that the grind the grind the, the struggle was real and it was very very uh scary at times because the thing is about being a musician is you're not a lot of musicians don't make money on a regular basis mm -hmm. we don't have like normal jobs some some musicians will go get a waiting job or whatever they got to do wait tables but we were just kind of working on music all day. We'd go to the studio, work on songs, write songs. And so you're kind of watching your savings account just dwindle as you're paying rent and paying for food and stuff like that. So you're investing in yourself. Exactly. So you're spending all your time on that thing and you're just waiting for something to crack. And for some people, it takes a long time and sometimes it, it just doesn't. You know, Luckily, in my case, as my bank account was getting down to zero and I asked <laughs> my family for money and stuff like that, money is obviously a big, big yeah. part of survival. Um, things started to break for, for Magic, which was beautiful. Absolutely. You guys had the hit song, Rude, beautiful. which I'm sure was just wild over the course of a year of the transition Man. that that all brought to the lives mm -hmm. of the band members. What was it like when that song hit number one? Do you remember the feeling that you had? Man, that was crazy. We were in uh, Eng London, England at the time. We were Rude had already done really well in other countries. So the mm -hmm. first place it went big was in Australia. So Australia went number one, then our home country of Canada went number one. I don't know if it went number one, but it was like really up on the charts. And uh, so by this point, it was already big and we were, we were touring and promoting it, promoting it. Then we were finally in the UK and uh, they said, yeah, it just went number one on Billboard in, in America. That's just such a weird, surreal, that's, that's, that's a kind of thing that hardly anybody gets to experience exactly. like all of even some of my favorite bands like radiohead i don't think radiohead has had a, a number one on billboard and so. you grow up knowing the billboard hot 100 yeah, or, or yeah. the charts yep. and to see your name up there in the image it's, it's super surreal and you almost feel like like nah like that's not that's not me you know like it's 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 hard to really feel it but um you start I, the the way that i felt how big that song was is i kept getting videos from all around the world from different uh, friends of mine like I had a friend in uh, Amsterdam a friend in was on a trip in Israel uh, South Africa people would send me videos like look I'm in the bar right now or I'm at the mall and your song is playing you know and that's a that's a really telling sign mm -hmm. that the song is big because it's playing on radio stations all around the world so 
that was a trippy feeling. And um, yeah, when I went number one, that was great. And also just driving down the street, putting on the pop radio station in like my hometown of Toronto, mm-hmm. driving around. And then, you know, and now Magic with their hit song. It's just like that's, I'm used to hearing other people's hit mm-hmm. songs and now it's ours. So that was very, very cool. It's, it's amazing but it's almost that's where the work starts as well because so many people in the music industry want a one-hit wonder yeah and you got to follow up rude with something absolutely you guys obviously came out with primary colors that's been successful what was the pressure like to be able to move past rude Hmm. and come up with something next yeah the pressure was big i mean the the funny thing is that first we were thinking well we had rude this number one smash we need to have another number one and the truth is that that song becoming a number one was a, is a sort of a freak. Mm-hmm. It's like a lottery ticket because you can have a song. You might play me a song today that is an unbelievable, catchy hit song, but it might not get to that spot based on just the vibe of the people, the radio at the time. So we, I think we learned pretty quickly that trying to get another number one that size is a little bit of a, a pipe dream. So we just really are working on our live show, making ourselves... After Rude got so big, we had to play so many gigs. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we're just focusing on that. Focusing on making an album, our third album, we're really trying to make just like a a very special musical album that we love. Because if you're trying to chase those hits, you kind of get caught in this game that's not really that real. Mm -hmm. We didn't write Rude to become that hit. Exactly. It just kind of was fresh. It was a cool idea. Our producer, Adam, had a big part of it too, making it sound the way that it did. So... I think if you spend all your time trying to write a hit song, it's not gonna, you're not gonna write a hit song. You know what I'm saying? You you gotta just go back to your your roots of being musical and being real, and then the success will come from there. You know what I'm saying? We've talked about the grind and the hustle to get to where you are now. Yeah. Was there ever a point along the way where you felt like giving up, or where it was like, what if this doesn't work out? What am I gonna do? Man, absolutely. <laughs> That's a that I think everybody has that, uh, all of my musician friends have that fear and, and you start to think, where am I going to go? I'm going to go back home and move back in with my parents yeah. or whatever. You when always, that bank account is dropping, it's in the back of that. your mind. Absolutely. But my mom, I have to credit my mom. She just gave me the best piece of advice ever was just, it sounds, sounds cliche, but just never stop. Like just don't ever stop because sooner or later it's going to, something is going to pop. It's like, Sitting at a blackjack or sitting at a poker table playing, mm-hmm. you're getting no cards. Nothing's coming. Nothing's coming, and then you're like, okay, whatever. I'm out of here. You know, mm-hmm. next you, you, the next hand you could have got dealt was those aces or whatever. You know, so you just gotta stay at the table. Just stay, stay, stay. So I just stayed long enough, I guess, and I was I'm willing to stay even longer, but mm-hmm. you just gotta stay until something pops. Yeah. Talking about that advice that your mother gave you. For people listening to this who want to be a musician, whether it's a drummer, a guitar player, a singer, what advice do you have for them hmm. if they're on that journey, even practicing in their garage or forming one of their first or second bands? Hmm. What do you say to them? You have to love what you're doing. You got to love the music. and The, the main reason for why you're doing it is, has to be for, for love of the music. I, lo- I adore music. I'm a, I'm a music fan. Uh, a music savant probably I listen to so much music jazz and all kinds of stuff that um, it, it can't be for the success or for the fame fame is a sort of a weird foolish thing to get mm-hmm. caught up in anyway you have to really really love it and you have to really work hard you have to 
practice, practice, practice. My, my brother was just telling me about Charlie Parker, who's a famous jazz uh, saxophonist famous. Um, in the 40s. And he used to spend 14 hours a day practicing wow. sax. And that's why he's Charlie Parker. He mm-hmm. spent those hours. I'm still practicing. I'm still trying to, I mean, I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that level. But, you, you know, reaching a, some sort of a successful point doesn't mean you have to stop practicing. So work hard. And love what you're doing. It's those two. And if you love what you're doing, you will work hard out of the fun, you know. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Exactly. So that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us and even letting us into your studio here. This is my studio. These are the keys. This is where the the magic happens. Hey, I see what you did there. But hey, I appreciate it. Best of luck, man. I know you guys are going to kill it when that third album comes out. Thank you, bro. Mm. And you know what? Go listen to some of their songs. You're going to love them. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next time.